Mesiata Dishmaya in the very last series, part of the series of Shavavim Be'ez Hashem. I actually want to try something which I have never done before in the Shavavim Shavim. I want to discuss the Yetzirah Be'ez Hashem. That's the sugya of tonight. We've never done this before. I think I've ever gone so far in this series. I actually want to thank all those people out there that are listening, whether it's on the app, on Torah Time, or on Spotify. Thank you for your horrors or live. Those people that are sending in horrors. If anybody wants to send in something specifically that we can add into next year's share or next year's series, please let me know. aw at etrog.net.il. aw at etrog.net.il. Okay, Rabbi Sai. So here we are, Rabbi Sai. I wanted to go through. We've discussed so much about the Inyonim of Arias and how careful a person has to be and how much chizuk we have to get from every little bit, every little step in the right direction, I want to talk about the Yetzirah. So, at the beginning of Parashat Shemois, the Torah tells us, Vayomos Yosef. And the Mephoshim asks, why do we have to know this in Sefer Shemois? We already know in Bereshis that Yosef died. What's going on? So, Raputna has a very, very famous Yisoyed in Pachat Yitzchok. And he says like this, he says, a tremendous Yisrael, he says, Yosef had to have been mentioned in Sefer Bereshus, which, as we know, is called the Sefer Avos, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, or Be'ika, mentioned, they play the main parts in Sefer, uh, Sefer Bereshus. And the reason is to show that Yosef has a chalik in the Avos as well. Why? Because we have a klal from the Ramban, Maisa Ovois Simon Lebonim. Whatever happened to our Ovois, whatever happened to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, is a Simon, well, what, something that will happen to us as well. The Maral explains that the reason that Yosef HaTzadik was sent down to Mitzrayim first, before Klal Yisrael, was in order to be able to have this Yisoyed of Maisa Ovois Simon Lebonim, because Yosef represents refraining from sin. That is what Yosef represents. The whole representation of Yosef HaTzadik was to be able to refrain from Avera, from Arias. And even though Yosef HaTzadik was very, very badly tempted, at the end of the day, we needed the Koyach. Klal Yisrael needed the Koyach throughout the generations of what Yosef represented and what Yosef withheld in Mitzrayim. So he was sent down to Mitzrayim first. He was put in Sefer Bereshis so that we, many, many generations later, would have the Koyach of Yosef HaTzadik would be able to withstand any temptation, any Yetzirah that's thrown our way, we have the Koyach of Yosef HaTzadik. In fact, the Gemara tells us in Zvachim Kufiyot Chesam and Beis, the Gemara says that the schar that Yosef HaTzadik had from watching his eyes, he was zoichet to have the Mishkon on his chalik, and he ate kochim in that place. Yosef HaTzadik, a few moments of Shmir Seymar Einayim, a few moments of refraining from an Avera that was so difficult for him to refrain. So we were Zoycha to years and years of Kedusha and Shechina. And that's what a person has to realize. Every moment that a person can possibly refrain. Sometimes a person thinks, the Chofetz Chaim, for example, brings this. Chofetz Chaim says, imagine a person wants to speak Lashon Hara. He's got that juicy bit of gossip to say, and he's so excited, everyone's sitting around the dining room. Ah, I'm going to be the one to share the news. I'm going to be the one to talk about it. And he says, you know what? We just, we just you know, some very kindly reads Sheva Shmir Saloshan at the dining room table in Yeshiva. How can I just now go along and say Shmir Saloshan Ara? I can't do that. You know what? I'm going to withhold myself. And he manages to withhold himself for just a few minutes. 
because then 10 minutes later he just brushed and blurts it out he can't manage anymore did he get any schar? did he get any reward the answer is absolutely why? because for those 10 minutes it was hard for him to hold it back it was hard for him to hold it inside but he did it anyway and he got tremendous schar to the Hobbit's Chaim there isn't a malach that can comprehend the schar that he would get for that what does that mean? that means for us I want to try to give some few practical ideas for how the Yetzirah works. The Yetzirah says, if you're going to do it anyway, so just do it now. And the answer is no. If you can withhold, if you can prevent your, your Yetzirah from getting hold of you, no, not now. I'll do it in five minutes. I'll hold myself out for five minutes. Now, sometimes you'll be Matzliach and say, forget the whole thing, abandon the project. And sometimes you won't be Matzliach. And you will look. What do I say? Then at the end of the day, for those few minutes that you managed to withhold yourself, it means the world to the Rabbi Nishlala. And if it's just for those few minutes, even if you're not Matzliach at the end, even if at the end you didn't manage and you did press the button and you did look, but you withheld for those few seconds, those few moments, do you know what those few moments are going to do in Shemayim? Do you have any value to what that holds in Shemayim? The Rabbi Nishlala says, look! He wanted to so much, and he didn't. That's a tremendous accomplishment. The Gemara in Kedushin Daf Mem says, If a person has the opportunity to do something that's an erva, and he was saved from it, the Gemara says, they do a nace for you. As we mentioned last time, you have an opportunity to daven for anything you want at that moment. The Chavetz Chaim writes in the first Baruch Chaim, in Seminala, says the Chavetz Chaim, the greatness of holding back. Says the Chovetz Chaim, and he quotes the Sefer Verega. Every moment that you withhold yourself. Do you know what that is? We look down at it. We think, big deal. I'm going to do it anyway. What's the difference if I do it now in five minutes? But it, it's not true. That's the eight Sahara. Because sometimes after five minutes, you'll have a bit of Seich, and you'll say, you know what? Maybe not. And sometimes you won't. And sometimes you'll do the Avira. But for at least five minutes, you withheld yourself. You know when Shomayim, the Malachim, ah, ah, for five minutes he wanted to do that and he didn't do that. That's incredible. They bring down that the Kohen Gadol, when he went into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the holiest place in the world, the holiest day on Yom HaKippurim, he said the Shem Havayah, Kei ten times. Shem Havayah ten times is the Gematria Reish Samach 260. It's exactly the same thing. The gematria of an ayin, the gematria of an eye, is 130. When a person watches both of his eyes, 130 and 130, it's, two, it's 260. 260 is equal to the, the coin godel going into the Kodesh HaKadoshin on Yom HaKippurim. So when a person guards his eyes, when a person withholds himself from looking at that which he should not, he has the koyach of the coin godel walking into the Kodesh HaKadoshin. You know what that means? You know what you can ask for? The Koyach of Tefillah that you have at that exact moment. And the Gedolim understood this. And when somebody came to a Moshe one time, they asked Moshe the following Kasha. Am I allowed to go into a certain street? And Moshe didn't understand the Kasha. Like, oh, what's the problem going to the street? So he said, because on that street there's a certain store. And the store sells things in the front window in the display that isn't exactly very tznius. And the question of the person, the Shoah, that asked the Moshe, stuck in the question, and Rav Moshe also goes down that street. Right? He went, uh, maybe there's a bit of chutzpah, wasn't there? But that's what he did. Rav Moshe looked at him and said, I go on that such a street. I, I never even noticed it. 
The Gedolim understood what it means not to notice something because they didn't look. There was a famous mice in the May Yeshiva in Poland. And for a couple of Bochum found it difficult, you know, six hours Seder straight is a little bit hard. Right, for the best of us, it's a little bit difficult. So a couple of Bochum started to take a stroll in the middle. Then they realized they illegally left in the middle of Seder. And they looked towards the Yeshiva and they saw the Mashkiach Rabbi Yeruchim coming towards them. Yeruchim was a, was a big man. When the Mashkiach is coming towards you, they were petrified. What's he going to say to us? What's he going to do to us? What's going to happen to us? So one of the boys who was, I guess, older in the Yeshiva, he knew the Mahalach, he knew Rabbi Yeruchim. He said, don't worry. Follow me. And they started walking back towards Yeshiva, but not on the pathway. Not on, not on the main road, like on the side. And they started to walk, and Rabbi Yochum walked us walk straight past them. Like, huh? huh? You made us invisible? Like, no, no, no. When it comes to a street, Rabbi Yochum doesn't look away. He didn't look out. He didn't look anywhere else. So by the Gedolim, they understood what this means, because they understood what is at stake. They say they asked Rabbi Nossin, Mayor Vachtvogel from Lakewood, they asked him, what was his atzlocha? Why was he picked by Rabaran to be the mashkiach of BMG? What was his atzlocha? Tremendous atzlocha he had. What a he had on the world. What was his atzlocha? They asked him. You know what he said? Kedusha Seinayim. Simple. Kedusha Seinayim was able, gave him the ability to produce so much. The Baba Sali one time, there was a child who was missing. And it was a whole situation. The police were involved. The FBI. It was a whole month of... They came to the Baba Sali and they said, Rebbe, could you help us? So the Baba Sali took a piece of paper and he started drawing exactly where to find this child on what floor and a whole month of... Like, Rebbe, how do, you, how do you do this? He said, when you watch your eyes, everything is revealed. The Kedusha that a person can receive when he watches his eyes is incredible. And that's what I want to say even for a few minutes. If we stop ourselves just for a few minutes, that's one of the tactics the Yitzhahar has against us. He says, you're going to do it anyway. He says, just do it now. No, I'll do it then. I won't do it now. Push yourself. That's one of the Gewaldige Eitzes that you could possibly do. Something else, Rabbi Sai. Rabbi Isaac Sher said over that he received the following Yisoyed from the altars of Slabotka. And the altar of Slobodka got it from Rabbi Saul Salanta. And he said like this, Rabbi said this line is the most incredible and penetrating and important line you'll ever hear. And that is, Rabbi Saul Salanta said, the problem is not the Avera. The problem is how you cope with the Avera. Everybody has a Yetzirah. Everybody makes mistakes. Chazal tell us, there isn't a person in the world that didn't do Averis and only does good. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has a Yetzirah. The question is, how do you cope with that Yetzirah? What do you do with it? Do you despair? Do you walk around with guilt? Or are you realizing that the Rabbanisham gave me this Yetzirah? There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be sometimes what I don't manage. But I have to realize that I'm a human being. And the Rabbani Shalom created me with this Yetzirah. And as we said right in the beginning, it's one of the most powerful Yetzirahs ever existing. And if the Rabbani Shalom put me in this world, in 2021, with all the challenges and all the technology, and all the, all the terrible things that a person could do, it means that I can overcome. It means I can do it. And the Koyach Vakadusha is there. Again, the problem isn't the sin. The problem is how we deal with sin. How do we deal with the Yetzirah? Everybody has the Yetzirah. The question is how we deal with it. We'll tell you, I'm going Gemara in the Dome. The Gemara in the Dome, the Testament base, tells us like about Shemana Tzadik. 
Shimon HaTzadik was to be by the Keva. Shimon HaTzadik once said that he had never eaten meat from a korban of a Nazi who had become Tomei except for one time. And the Gemara spells out when was this. The Gemara says a man came from the south with the most beautiful eyes and very beautiful, well-arranged, curly, long hair. He accepted upon himself to be a Nazi. The Gemara continues. Shimon Atzadi walks over to him and says, My dear son, why did you decide to become a Nazi? You have to shave your beautiful hair at the end of your period of being a Nazi. So he said like this, I worked as a shepherd for my father, and I went one day out to draw water from the well. When I looked into the water, I saw my reflection, and my Yetzirah leaped up and tried to destroy me. I said, Russia, Yetzirah, you're a Russia. Why are you so Balgaiva? Why are you so haughty over things that belong to a world that do not belong to you to keep? Over a body that is destined for worms. I swear to become a Nazi and I will shave my head. Shimon Sadik stood up. He kissed him. And he said, my dear son, there should be many more Nazirim like you in Klalisro. Ad Khan Loshen HaGemora in Nadarim Davtes on the base. We have to ask ourselves, or I say, three questions. Three questions on this Gemara. Question number one. If the shepherd wanted to shave his hair to protect him from the Yetzirah, so just do it now. What, what do you have to become a Nazi for and then share it off afterwards? If you're so worried about your hair that looks so beautiful and the Yetzirah is going to get you, so just share it off now. Why do you have to wait till after you're a Nazi? Question number one. Question number two. Why did Shimon Sadik ask him about cutting his hair? And question number three, what does Shimon HaTzadik see in this story that inspired him so much and say, there should be more like you? That's the three questions we have to ask ourselves on the Gemara. And Yitzhak Isaac Sher answers as follows. Such a beautiful sight. He says that this shepherd taught us the most incredible lesson of how to fight our Yitzhahara. Listen to how he explains it. He says often when the Yitzhahara attacks us, so what we do is we lash back. And we start accepting things upon ourselves. That's it. No more internet. I'm getting rid of my phone. I'm smashing the phone. That's it. I'm getting rid of the Yetzirah. It's over. Not going to happen. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And therefore, his long hair, the Nazis' long hair, however beautiful it was, was a tool in the hands of the Yetzirah. He did not cut it off straight away. He realized just to cut it off straight away is not addressing the problem. You're not going to the root of the problem, it's going to be a temporary solution. The Yetzirah will just return in a different form. Rather, what did he do? He made himself into a Nazi, so he'd have time to think about it before cutting his hair. He would have time to look into himself, to discover himself, to, well, to see what is it that stimulates my Yetzirah, and go to the core of that problem and rectify it. Shimon Sadik asked him why he planned to cut his hair, because he was worried about the sudden reaction and he was worried about the lack of proper thought and consideration. When he heard that the decision was based on something that he thought about, was deeply considered, then he said, ah, that's so beautiful, there should be many more like you. The way to deal with the Yetzirah doesn't mean necessarily just to get up and just cut everything off. It's not what it means. It means to think. Rabbi Isaac Sher was a very, very big mahalach of this, a big Talmud of this whole mahalach, that a person has to think about his Yitzhahara. What is it that gets it going? What is it that I can do to stop it from the future? What can I do to try and stop the things that make me fall from falling again? 
But it's so important for a person to think about it. So that's a number one. That's another, that's another idea. Another idea would be so Salanta when he talks about tshuva. You know, people, and I've done this in the past, and I didn't really go through the sugi of tshuva too much, but it's important. We discussed in the beginning how the eyes look at you. When a person looks at something, it never goes away. It always stays within him. It's hard to get rid of it. But we have to realize there is something called tshuva. There is something incredible that the Rabban Shem gave us tshuva, and people often give up on tshuva also, because they think, I'm too far from it. I can't do tshuva, but he looks so many times. I'm so involved, I'm so immersed, it's not for me, I can't do this. Rabbi Salanta says the most beautiful motion. He says, imagine if a guy is getting on a bus from Bnei Barak to Yerushalayim, and he asks someone, and he gets on the bus, to tell me something, how long is the ride? Approximately about an hour. Oh, an hour, good, very well. He's traveling two hours already. Two hours. And he says, it's been two hours. This is ridiculous. Where am I? What's going on? Why are we not in Yerushalayim already? He said, what? Yerushalayim? That's three hours away. You've just been traveling two hours in the wrong direction. It's three hours to Yerushalayim. What? What's going on over here? Turn around. I've got to get to Yerushalayim. They turn around the car and he goes to Yerushalayim. We've got three hours to go. He's right now. Three hours from Yerushalayim. That's further away than he ever was in the entire journey. But he's better off now than ever before, even though he's further away. Why? Explains Rabbi Sol Salanta. However far away you are, if you're going in the right direction, then you're in a better place. And that's what we have to realize. And that's what we have to think. And that's what we have to consider. In situations of Arias, the Yitzhah gets to us and he says to us, you're so far away. You're so far removed. What shaykhist do you have to the Rabbi Shalom? What shaykhist do you have to tshuva? You've done it too many times. But again, you could be three hours away from Yerushalayim. But if you're actually in the right direction, you're much better off than when you're traveling in the wrong direction, even if you were closer to Yerushalayim. And that's what we have to realize. And I just want to end with this Kavaldiga Maisa that happened in a jewelry store a number of years ago. A nine-year-old girl walks into a beautiful, fancy jewelry store. Right? They sell the most hosh of things over there. And she walks in, and you know the guy in the store who owns the store is like laughing. What's this nine-year-old daughter, nine-year-old kid doing over here? And she's looking around, and she says to the guy, that bracelet, that one over there, I would like it, please. Can you put it in a box? I'd like to take it home. And he says, oh, that's very, very sweet. This bracelet is worth about $3,000 of diamonds. He says, "Um, who are you buying this for? I'm buying it for my older sister. Oh, that's so beautiful, he says. And why are you buying it for your older sister? So she says, listen, I don't have a mother. I don't have a father. My older sister raises us in the house, and it's hard for her, it's not easy for her to raise us, to get some money together, to cook food, to do the laundry. And I want to show her a chorus at Toiv, and I will decide that I'm going to buy her a piece of jewelry, but don't worry. I've been saving up about three and a half weeks. I've got money to pay for it. He says, oh yeah? She says, yeah, three and a half weeks I've been saving up. She takes her wallet, little purse out, and she starts tipping out. Tanagarot, this half a shekel, a shekel. She comes to about seven and a half shekel. That's what she got to, right? Seven and a half shekel, what is it, over two dollars, whatever it is. Seven and a half shekel. He says, oh, that's beautiful. That's exactly how much it costs. Here, I'm going to wrap it up for you. And he puts it out in a beautiful box, and he gives it to her. And she's beaming. She's so excited. This is wonderful. All her agarots, the ten agarot, the ten agarot, the ten agarot, the half a shekel, the shekel, all paid off, saving up. Here she's got the most beautiful bracelet. Isn't that amazing? But an hour later, the older sister, obviously, walks in and goes, excuse me, who's in charge of the store over here? And she says, I am. I am so, so sorry. She says, well, what are you sorry about? 
This, this box over here, my sister came in, I can't believe it, I don't understand, maybe she stole it, maybe she didn't steal it, Could you, I have to give it back to you. He says, it's okay, she bought it. What do you mean she bought it? She, she couldn't have more than 10 or 20 shekel on her, there's no way she bought it. He says, I want to tell you something. A number of years ago, I lost my wife, and it was so hard for me. And I missed what it means, real love, to someone to show to somebody else. When your sister came in, yes, yeah, she had seven and a half shekel. But it was the very first time since after my wife died that I realized what love and care and concern for somebody else. She saved up for three and a half weeks, her half a shekels, her half whatever it was that she had. That's how much it cost. I want to give it to her. Rabbi Say, we come to the Rabbi Nishlam, it's shave of him. We want to give the Rabbi Nishlam something. What are we giving him? Ten agarot here, half a shekel here, maybe a shekel, with a bit of davening, a little bit of brachos, brachos amos and tzitzis, tefillin, epis, we give him something. Is it, it's worth so much more than that. But when the Rabbi Mishnah sees that we're trying, he sees that we're coming with whatever we can. This is all that we have, Rabbi Shalom. You put us in this generation, you gave us the Nisyonis, but we are trying. That's what it's all about. This is our avoider in this generation. The question is not going to be, Rabbi Sai, when you get up to Shemayim, why didn't you win? The question is going to be, why didn't you try? It's all about trying. If only we knew how much the Rabbi Nishram cherishes and loves every tiny little step that we take towards him. If Nebuchadnezzar was granted three generations of kingship for the three steps that Chazal tell us in the Gemara and Sanhedrin study test, because of the three steps he took, he was zayichet to three generations of kingship. Nebuchadnezzar! What about us? When we take the most tiniest step, little baby steps, towards the Rabbi Nishnalem, towards trying to work on this, we should never be discouraged by falling. Yeah, we don't see the results always. It's hard. We don't see it getting better. But it's a lifetime of work. We'll see it after 120. The work that we put in, the effort that we put in was incredible. And Be'ez Hashem, if we go, don't get discouraged and we keep on trying and we keep on getting up and we ch- keep on realizing that every step we take is closer to the right direction, then Be'ez Hashem, the Rabbonishim, will give us the Siyata Dishmaya to be able to cope with this Nisoyen and Be'ez Hashem take away this Yitzhah and Gansan Shkoyach.